All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this week's episode of Kuden. Uh, today's Memorial Day here in the United States, right? And for those uh, who maybe aren't sure, right, uh, I'm a veteran of the United States Army. And while I appreciate the well wishes on um, uh, on Memorial Day, um, and I know everybody has their own little thing, and I get it. I appreciate the, the, the comments. Um, but uh, we have a Veterans Day. Right. The difference between the two is I came home. Okay. So Memorial Day is uh, remembrance of. Uh, I have had people uh, really, really close to me um, make little comments like, you know, why do people have to shove Memorial Day down my throat and whatnot? Can I just have a happy picnic? You can do whatever you want. And there's a reason for that. <laughs> just saying. Anyway. All right. So. Um, again, coming from the warrior mindset, right? Uh, it's amazing how many people uh, want to be warriors, but um, I don't know, set themselves up as targets instead. And so that kind of uh, points to the theme for uh, for this week's episode. Uh, we're going to take a look at becoming invisible to our attackers. And uh, uh, this is one of those big things, right, as far as ninja go, right? You know, the smoke bombs and all the all the movie uh, trickery and whatnot. Uh, we'll talk about that, but uh, we're going to really, really dive in uh, and take a look at things on three levels uh, today and how we can actually apply these things in our lives without those damn smoke bombs. More on that when we come back. So the big question is this, how are self-defense and success-minded people like us Concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world. How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kuden Radio, real training for real people in a real world. All right, and we're back. All right, see folks are trickling in. Those last-minute reminders, uh, emails that go out must be helping. Uh, and if not, well, I don't know, maybe uh, so there was a shift in the quantum field or something. Who knows? Anyway, all right, so, uh, again, this was a long weekend for us. Uh, today's actually a holiday here in the States. Like I said, uh, some of you guys are from all over, uh, people that tune in from India and Europe and all over the place. So, um if you work today, I'm sorry. Not that I didn't, right? I'm still working on the house, getting my office together. Um, it's all good, right? Made some changes. You can see some of the stuff behind me. Anyway, um, so um, we're going to take a look at one of these, uh, another one of these misunderstood uh, lessons, right? So um, th- this idea of invisibility, right? What does that mean, Okay. So uh, within the within the realm of Ninpo, right, within the realm of the spiritual teachings, um, there's a whole different connotation than just like throwing out some smoke bombs. OK. Um, and again, we're always looking at at uh, being able to apply these things in today's world. Well, you know, in today's world, um, while smoke is uh, smoke and fire right um is is a cause for alarm and and you know uh, freaking out and all that kind of stuff i mean my wife is still tra- traumatized from the house fire that we had 
right? But, you know, we've come a long way in fire retardant and, uh, and making things or making it more and more difficult, right? Um, to experience, right? Some of these things, right? Uh, one of those things I talked to, talk to, well, talk about to, um, the senior VPs and, and CEOs and whatnot in companies that I go into when it comes to workplace violence is that, um, you know, they're much more likely to experience uh, violence in their in their company than they are a fire. Okay. And that kind of throws them off, right? Now, they have fire drills and all those kind of things, right, because uh, OSHA, right, at least here in the States, right, uh, Occupational Safety and Health Administration, I think is what it's called, right? It, there's different things around the world, but um, they require these things. Okay. Um, but this starts, right? The, the reason that we're so safe is it actually starts long before anybody runs a fire drill, long before fire, um, what do you call them? Um, fire, uh, what the hell are they called? Fire extinguishers. There you go. Right. Are put in place. Okay. Those are the obvious outward signs. Okay. But it actually begins with the design of the new building, right? Um, sprinkler systems are hidden in the in the walls. Fire retardant material and and materials that uh, require excessive heat, right? Uh, to do anything, right? Um, safety planning, right? Um, again, even before anybody occupies the building, right? Where will combustible and uh, flammable uh, materials be stored, right? well away from uh, folks, right? Uh, safety inspections and, and whatnot on electrical and, and all those kind of things, right? So one of the things we need to be looking at are the things that are or should be in place before action is necessary, right? And we get it, training, right? But what is it that we're training in, right? Um, again, one of the biggest things that draws people to this idea of, you know, ninja. Oh, that's so ninja, right? Um, besides tricky moves, are these damn Hollywood smoke bombs, okay? Everybody wants to be able to disappear in a puff of smoke. Now, honestly, right, in today's world, with firearms or people that will just, like, rush into the, into the bear's den and poke the bear um, just because they think they're the toughest mofo on the block, right, Um Seriously, nobody's going to think of shooting into the puff of smoke, right? It's often, often things are counterintuitive, right? So we'll, we'll come back to the smoke bombs, um, but let's just leave it at they didn't have uh, blasting caps and percussive uh, kind of uh, uh, detonators and whatnot way back in the day, okay? So if they did have smoke bombs like that, it had a fuse, okay? So uh, what we want to do is take a look at um, this idea, right? Because one of the things I had to do was get over my own, you know, uh, I don't know, fascination, right? With these things, um, based on how they were introduced, uh, you know, here in the, what was it? Late seventies, early eighties. Right. Um, and then I had to get over a whole different thing, right? Which is people, laughing at this idea of invisibility or laughing at uh, ninja things, right? 
you know, making Ninja Turtle comments and making, uh, you know, weird, goofy, ki, you know, sounds. And I'm sure if you've been in, in any form of martial art, you've heard jack wagons do those kind of things. But I'm talking about the scoffing that comes from other martial artists, right? I'm talking about the scoffing that comes from even people within the same art who believe that we don't do ninjutsu. Okay. Um, there's a saying, there's a, there's a quote from a book called Paradise Lost by uh, Milton. And um, it rings true even in ninjutsu. And that quote is... Um, one of the most uh, one of the most tricky things I'm paraphrasing one of the most tricky things that the devil ever did was to convince you that he didn't exist okay one of the coolest things that Hatsumi Sensei ever did was let people believe that we weren't doing ninja zoo okay actually he talks about it and did talk about it all the time right and I mentioned this in past episodes right there was this little statement that happened in 1998 at the Princeton Taikai, right, uh, in Princeton, New Jersey, yes, I was there, right, that within less than a day, right, suddenly we don't do ninjutsu, we've never been doing ninjutsu, right, and I get it, right, the ninja families uh, within the Budokan, right, of, of the nine schools that he has soke ship of, only three were ninjutsu oriented, right, um, the other five are, I'm sorry, the, yeah, the other six, right, are samurai uh, focused, but yeah, ninja were often known as samurai as well. They were known as the samurai from Iga or samurai from Koga, right, or Koka, as sometimes the dialect is pronounced, right? Um, but here's the thing, right? <laughs> as soon as these other schools blended, with Togakure, Kumugakure, and Gyokushin, everything changed. Okay? Because there's always going to be this underlying uh, mentality, right? That will that will create a different nature, right, to the original teachings in those samurai schools. Okay? So anyway, let's talk about invisibility, shall we? James, shall we talk about invisibility? Right. Um, I, I, again, I'm, I'm unpacking books and uh, I didn't have the forethought to grab the copy that I have at the Academy. Um, but in uh, the book by Stephen Hayes, Mystic Arts of the Ninja. Right. I don't care what you think of them, anything like that. Right. You can find other references in some of these other books. Um, but at the tail end of Mystic Arts. There is a translation from one of the old scrolls describing the ability to be invisible in the eyes of the enemy, to be invisible in the eyes of the enemy. And this came from spiritual training, not from tactical or mechanical training. Okay, so we'll talk about that historically. Right. But there's this there's this kind of a high end or kind of the epitome of the, of the goal, right. For invisibility. Um, it's right up there with this other goal. That's actually in Takamasa Sensei's essence of needs to, which is the attainment of Shin Shin Shingon, 
Shinshishingon means the eyes and mind of God, right? It doesn't mean you become God. It means that you can see the way things work, right? Call it enlightenment, call it whatever you want, right? Wisdom, right? But the ability to see what's going on behind the thing you're looking at, the activity, the object, the person, whatever. You can see the agenda. You can see the karmic chain of events. You can see the mindset that produces that thing. You can see, um, you can see, right? So, uh, but invisibility, right? If you can see something, if you know, right, what somebody's all about, if you can see what their agenda is, if you can see, um, you know, what they look for when they target their victims. Right? That's half the battle, right? That's in, that's in Sun Tzu's Art of War, right? This goes along with all this other strategic thinking, right? When you're near, make the enemy believe that you're far. When you're far, make them believe that you're near, right? When you're, uh, when your forces are exhausted or in need of replenishment, right? Make the enemy believe that you're ready for battle, right? When you're all, when you're, ready to pounce, right? Make them believe that you're not ready. All of these kind of things, right? They're all smoke screens, okay? Um, and we'll, we'll get to this, right? Because um, what we need to always approach ninjutsu from the three aspects of a ninja, right? The miwo shinobu, right? The body, right? The kokoro shinobu, the mind, right? And the shikiwo shinobu, right? The It's it's not spirit, right? Westerners tend to say body, mind, and spirit, but uh, in the East, they don't do that because Shin is the body, mind, essential core, essential nature, right? So Shikyo Shinobu is more like the insight, right, that reconciles the two, right, the microcosm and the macrocosm and uh, understands the greater workings of things, right? It's not just intellectual knowledge, right? There's an intuitive sense of the way things are happening. Right. Uh, anyway, this is not about that. Okay, but I do want to approach it from that direction. But let's take a look at this this idea. Right, um, way back even before the, the the term ninja was being used. Right, probably even before the the term shinobi no mono. Right, the original uh, what we call ninja. Right, ninja is a fairly fairly new uh, name. There were lots of names for ninja way back in the day. And if you ever um, uh, can acquire one of um, uh, Shoto Tanamura, right? Tanamura uh, Soke's uh, student handbooks from the Genbukan, right? Um, in the history sections, he lists a lot of these things, right? Um, but the Shinobi no Mono, right? The, the, uh, what we would call the ninja families, right? Um, even before them, right? Um, the idea was that there was this constant, uh, spiritual development, right? In the Vajrayana, in our Mikyo, uh, teachings, right? The more you study, the more you practice, right? The, you, you start to develop these, um, these, uh, they're, they're roughly translated as magical powers, right? Siddhis. Um, it's not that they're magical. It's that more and more of your brain gets activated and you're able to see and, and do more things, right? Because you're, you 
drop the limiting mindset that you were taught or that you've uh, inherited or developed or whatever, right? And you're getting more and more adept at using abilities that we human beings have. Anyway, so, but that, that takes a long time. That kind of development, that kind of ability takes a long time. The problem is, is that, you know, the, uh, the, Sengoku Jedi Warring States period comes around, right? You end up with uh, all of these battles breaking out, right? And so in the beginning, right, as the stories that I have go in the beginning, um, you know, you have some people that can do this, right? You, you, they can they can move about in enemy territory. They can they can hobnob with the vet with the with the uh, the uh, the bad guys or the enemy or whatever, and they're not perceived, right? Um, uh, some of this is also described in the book. That it's the only fictional book he ever wrote uh, that Stephen Hayes wrote. It's called Tolku, right? Um, yeah, Tolku, T-U-L-K-U. It's a it's a, a Tibetan word, right? Um, anyway, so but when warfare came around, right? What you ended up with was a need to produce operatives who had skills much more quickly. Okay. It's kind of like uh, when I joined the military, right? First eight weeks of my military service was in something called basic training, right? And it had, it, it didn't, didn't just have to do with them yelling and screaming at us and, and all those kind of things, right? It was designed to do several things. One, to teach us basic soldiering skills as quickly as possible, how to shoot, how to operate as a member of a team, all those kind of things, right? Um, it was also designed to weed out those people who could not handle that kind of stress and pressure or would not operate as the member as a member of a team, okay? So, uh, you know, and if you think about it, right, if somebody can't handle um, being yelled at, they're certainly not going to be able to handle, like, munitions exploding around them and people screaming and Things like that, right? So, anyway, um, so th- there's this idea, right? Here's here are these things. So, one one of the things that came out of this this period were the development of tricks and tactics and tools that allowed for people to be able to disappear, right? Um, you know, vanishing tricks and invisibility and things like that, right? Mitsubishi uh, using smoke and fire uh, to uh, do everything from um, cover your tracks to uh, to causing panic and mayhem, right? Big words, right? Mayhem, right? So um, uh, then while everybody's panicking and running around and, and crap like that, right? Get in and do what you need, okay? Um, you know, the use of, uh, superstitions that people would have had, right? About demons and, and whatnot. It was a very different world, okay? Um, so again, being able to use these things because if, if somebody sees it or even thinks they're going to see it and they're going to run, run away screaming, right? Well, then you can pretty much do what you need to do, right? Um, but it goes way, way deeper than that, okay? But let's start there, okay? Let's start with this idea 
of well, actually, let's let's start even before that, right? Let's frame this, okay? So again, from the from the perspective of being a ninja, right? We need to make sure that we're trained in all three aspects, or that we're training all three aspects of ourselves. But that's just one side of it, okay? Just because we're training the body, training the mind, and training the spirit, right? That begets that there's going to be stuff to to, to do in all these areas. And I get that. That's the obvious, right? The omote. The Uda side of it is there's three ways to do every skill. Okay. Just let, let's say we're, uh, let, let's jump on Kamai first, right? Or Kamai evasion. Okay. Um, what is it that we're doing when we are shifting out of the way uh, of somebody who's trying to punch, kick, grab, what, stab, whatever. What, what are we doing? Okay. We're neutralizing the force of the attack. Okay. We're rendering it moot. Okay. We're making, making him miss his mark. Okay. So everybody gets it when he's trying to stab me, punch me, kick me, grab me, whatever. Okay. But what does a psychological, let's, let's say we're doing Ichimonji no Kamai, right? Physically. Okay. What does a psychological Ichimonji no Kamai look like? Okay. What does a spiritual Ichimonji no Kamai look like? Right? It's the same idea. Okay. So if somebody's throwing a bunch of punches and kicks at me, I'm I'm behind this very secure kind of position and I'm moving and I'm I'm neutralizing what he's throwing at me, right? I'm making him miss, right? Or if he does touch me, it doesn't do anything, right? I'm neutralizing the force of his attack, right? That's the principle, that's the concept, right? You can you can study moves all you want, but what is actually happening? Okay. Well, I'm stepping back this way and I'm punching his arm. Yeah. Okay. I get the step by step. Okay. But tactically, strategically, what are we what are we doing? Right. We're neutralizing the force of the attack. Okay. And so, how do we do that psychologically? Well, if we pick something like an argument or somebody yelling and screaming at us, right? We just mentally kind of distance ourselves, right? We're doing two things. One, we're going to control our emotional response, right? And not just jump on things just because he's throwing them, right? So what I want to do is I want to listen to what they're saying, okay? I'm going to listen to what they're saying, and I want to find the weaknesses, okay? Um, the things that are right, and let him let him go. Okay, just let it go. You can deal with that stuff later if you think that you need to work on those things or whatever, right? Um, but I'm going to listen for things. I want to listen for lies. I want to listen for embellishments. I'm going to listen for uh, just you know flat out fabrications. I want to listen for things that this guy tends to dump out um, just because he's angry, right? People do that a lot, right? Everyday people do that all the time, okay? They'll do things and they'll say things because winning the argument is more important than honesty. It's more important than truth. Okay? So what ends up happening afterward is they want to try to make up with the person, right? Um, unless they don't. Okay? I, I tend to not um, burn bridges that I'm planning on rebuilding. Okay? So I uh, just had somebody come the other day and you know uh want to fix things or whatever 
Um, so they told me some stories um, about all their successes and then, you know, asked me if we were okay. Not, there was no apology in there. There was nothing in there. There was just a, hey, look at all the great things I've done and look at all the good things I've done. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to prove you wrong um, about something that I thought you said, but you really didn't okay? because um, I don't listen. And so, um, sure, if you needed to be okay in your mind, then fantastic, right? But I'm not rebuilding a bridge, okay? Um, so anyway, uh, the um, so the psychological one, right? I want to listen, so I'm just I'm I'm letting it I'm letting it go, right? But when it's time to counter, think about Ichimon Jinokata, right? Once I catch him, right, and I've decided it's time to move in, I'm going to break his balance very, very quickly, exposing a target, and then just throw everything I've got at it, okay? So, again, shifting, neutralizing the force of the attack, right? When I have that opportunity, right, I'm going to catch him and then just full body weight, throw everything at him, okay? So, psychologically... Just listening, okay? And either he's running out of steam or I have enough fodder that I can say, whoa, 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 my turn to talk. And then everything I throw back will only target those things that they lied about, embellished, whatever, okay? Not going to attack strong points. That's stupid, okay? Runs contrary to Sun Tzu's Art of War. Runs whatever, okay. So um, now there's lots of other ways to handle it, right? But that, those are different tactics, right? Just you know, walk away from somebody, whatever. Um, but what about a spiritual one? Okay, what about when somebody's uh, you know using love to manipulate or friendship to manipulate or uh, you know you got office politics and those kind of things, right? Um, you know, how do you you get the idea, right? So it's the same thing with this invisibility thing, okay? So if we if we approach the, the concept from the idea of the body, right, hiding the body, um, not being a physical target, those kind of things, right? So I, I think everybody gets the idea of, like, avoiding the person, right? Don't let him see you. If he can't see you, he can't attack you, can't hurt you, okay? Doesn't mean you won't go, won't go after anybody you love, but... At least, you know, he won't be putting holes in you or, you know, breaking your bones or whatever. Okay. Um, and that can be done in lots of different ways, depending on the context. Okay. Um, escape and evasion. Right. Uh, what is that? Um, phase three in our eight phase uh, strategic self-defense model. Right. Escaping to safety. Okay. Esca escaping to safety um, doesn't necessarily mean that you ran from the from the battlefield. Okay. Um, in the Togaku days, uh, Santo Tonso uh, no Kata, uh, this uh, unarmed against, uh, you know, attackers and whatever. Right. There are a lot of techniques that are just hit and run kind of things. Right. Uh, even the ones where there's always an assumption that he's armed and you're not. Um, but um, I'm doing things to do a quick hit disorientation kind of thing. And then I might roll behind bushes. I might, you know, whatever. Okay. Um, so there's this sudden obstruction. Okay. There's this sudden just, you know, you're just 
going to get out of there. Okay. Um, but there's another realm there as well. Okay. And this is something that is just huge. Again, when I'm consulting with a company on workplace violence, um, you know, there, there's this, <laughs> there's this overly simplified training that companies have bought into because it allows them to check off some boxes in employee records, right? That they've received certain training takes about six minutes. Okay. So we're not cutting into operations very much. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to play this thing. Uh, I was at a, a major corporation um, just before, just before COVID. And they were very proud that they played this thing during a pre uh, shift uh, employee meeting, right? Um, it's a very Japanese uh, concept, right? So they're playing this this video training, and they do it about every three months, four months, something like that, right? Um, except that the meeting's not really like a sit around the table strategizing meeting kind of thing. Um, the employees are getting all their gear ready to go out on their line to assemble the product. So who's paying attention, right? But on top of that, right, what you have is this concept of run, hide, fight. Makes perfect sense, okay? Um, But here's the question. When something happens and the alert is given, which should always be very subtle, even that should be invisible, right? Somebody attacking, even if it's from inside the the organization, right, Um, they shouldn't know what the – what the alert some uh the alert uh signal is right so um but who runs right who evacuates who hides okay who fights well we know who fights right um anybody that didn't do the other the first two effectively right but who stays in place who doesn't need to know anything okay because if you just send up a signal and everybody moves Who's going to run toward the attacker if you don't know where he is or attackers? Okay. So, but anyway, in the context of this hide, right, that's part of invisibility, right? But where? What, what does, what constitutes effective hiding? Okay. What's to stop what we call in the, uh, in the training world, spray and pray um, when an attacker gets frustrated and just starts unleashing rounds into a crowd or into what might look like an obvious hiding place. Okay. What's the difference between concealment, which is hiding and cover, which is hiding. Okay. Concealment hides you from view. Okay. Cover will probably hide you from view, right? With rare exception, right? Like bulletproof glass. Okay. But it'll stop rounds. It stops bullets. Okay, so cover is usually concealment as well. Concealment, not necessarily. Okay, you can hide behind a bush. That bush, probably not going to stop incoming fire. Okay, but we're removing ourselves from that. That that you get the idea, right? Okay, and you know if you if you've been to if you I don't know done any similar training to me, whether it was in the military or law enforcement or security or whatever. Right. If you understand what ghillie suits are and you've done uh, that kind of camouflage and concealment work or anything like that. Right. All this stuff. This is the obvious stuff. Right. 
how do I hide from view? Right? Uh, when I was a PI, right? I always carried a go bag um, when I was on surveillance that, you know, it was just this bag I slung over my shoulder because of the times. Um, I'm sure I would have used a backpack if the times would have changed. But um, what was in there were uh, two or three ball caps, uh, two or three different types of uh, sunglasses, uh, uh, change of shirt or two, uh, windbreaker, that kind of thing, right? So if I'm following somebody, every time, you know, they go around a corner or, um, you know, there's like obstructions or whatever, I can very quickly take off one ball cap, put on another. I can trade out a pair of glasses for another. I can uh, put on or take off a jacket kind of thing, right? I can, um, you know, move the bag uh, behind me or just dump it, right, and come back and get it later. The point is, is that I'm changing my appearance so I remain invisible. I remain uh, just a part of the landscape, right? So when people are, are checking to see if they're being followed, what they tend to do is look for the exact same thing they thought or have suspicions about being followed, person, object, like a motorcycle, car, or whatever, right? Um, but if we change the appearance, right, if I whip out a cane, right, um, there are collapsible ones, right? I carry that in the bag, right? Pop that thing open, and next thing you know, there's, you know, a guy with a limp behind him. Well, that's not the same guy that was following me. Whatever, okay? So, again, there are very physical ways to do this, right? Very physical ways. Uh, we just had a recent uh, whiteboard Wednesday, I think. James, I'm not sure if your screen froze or not, but um, didn't we just do a recent one on Mitsubishi, right? Yes, no, maybe. Are you there? I'm here. The video just froze up for me again. But, uh, yes, it wasn't super recent, but there was okay. one, I right. believe. Yeah, so, and that could be, you know, I think we covered all kinds of things, whether it's you know, some, throwing something as simple as coins or spitting in his eye or uh, using some kind of uh, irritant, you know, little uh, sugar packets, salt pepper packets, uh, whatever, right? Uh, could be, you know, uh, just have something at hand that's a Windex bottle, bottle or cologne or whatever, right? So the obvious kind of things, okay? Um, but where where do we go, okay? Because if you're using those kind of skills, and this is the idea, right? That there is a saying um, in the Togakure school. Hatsumi Sensei introduced me to this a long, long time ago, right? And that is that if a ninja draws his weapon, right? So there's there's two ways that it's said, right? The ninja always draws his weapon last, okay? But the full lesson is uh, if a ninja has to draw his weapon, he's already lost, okay? And it's not just about weapons, okay? If I have to physically defend myself, right, I've already lost, okay? It's not about winning or losing that skirmish. Right? We've had lots of conversations um, here on Kuden and on Whiteboard uh, Wednesday and on you know all these other trainings, right, about the aftermath, right, dealing with uh, PTSD and trauma or family members, you know, turning against you or the legal system or whatever, right. So it's not about being the baddest motherfucker that, that exists and you're just able to win any kind of fight, right? 
just because that fight's over doesn't mean the battle, it doesn't mean things are done. Things can get worse from there, right? So the ninja understood this, right? What about revenge, right? Where this person, they know who you are or they know what you look like, so now they're out looking for you. And if they can't find you, right, um, one of the things that caused me to uh, leave uh, certain undercover work that I was doing, right, was that the uh, agency that I was working for would not guarantee the safety of my family. So I had a choice. No family or I'm not going to do this aspect of law enforcement anymore. I chose the te- I chose the second. I stayed in law enforcement, but I stopped doing that. Okay, because quickest way for a bad guy to get to you is to go after your friends and family. Okay, so and again, tough guys tend to not think this big. They tend to, and this isn't big at all. This is this is pretty freaking small and close to home, right? Um, but they don't tend to think like this, right? Because all that matters is satisfying ego. All that matters is nobody's going to talk like that to me. They're not going to disrespect me, uh, whatever. Okay. Um, that's all right. You know, they can do them. Right. Um, but where, where we're going with this is, is, you know, uh, not, not just revenge, right? Uh, you know what a vendetta is, huh? And, and revenge and vendettas can come from two different places. They can come from the person or they can come from their family and friends. Okay. How many shoulders can you look over? That kind of thing. Right. So, uh, if, if we're going to act, man, we better, we better, better be able to do like a hit and run kind of thing. Right. Uh, again, make it be over very, very quickly. I've talked about this in the past. Right. Ten seconds or less, four moves or less in the Tobacco school. Like it's just a quick done. And then, you know, you disappear in the crowd because there's going to be a commotion and it's going to draw attention. OK. Do what most really, really bad guys, do, you know, really bad, bad guys do. Right. Stay on scene and watch the commotion. Just blend in with the crowd. Okay? That's why really, really good investigators and cops tend to scan the crowd or want pictures taken of everybody in the crowd um, because that tactic's kind of gotten old, so you got to be really, really good at it, okay? But the really, really good bad guys, or the really bad bad guys, right, they know that if there's a, they know that, cops know, right, that if there's a commotion, right, there's a major thing, and everybody's running toward it, to, you know, do the rubbernecking and look and all that kind of stuff. And this person's walking calmly away from it or running away from it. It's see that that draws attention. Okay. So anyway, on this physical level, the question is what draws attention? Okay. What draws attention? Right. So letting everybody know that you have a black belt draws attention. Okay. I draw a certain amount of attention. Okay. There's some neat balance going on in my life, though. Okay. Yes, I draw attention because I'm a teacher and I'm putting out lessons and all that kind of stuff, right? But I'm also getting people to dismiss my abilities and uh, my um, 
my knowledge and whether or not I'm actually like anybody that, you know, triggers their macho defense mechanism, right? Because I'm old, I'm fat, and I'm bald. The bald is probably subjective, but you get the idea, right? I'm easily dismissed, and I'm okay with that, right? Because, again, from the physical standpoint, right, there's character traits that attract tough guys, bullies, right, attackers. There's um, physical or uh, not physical, yes, physical and uh, personal character traits. They cause people to dismiss you. Okay. Um, you know, think about somebody lying in wait to mug, you know, I, my wife and I were just watching, uh, some stuff. Um, uh, there's a documentary, or I guess it's a documentary, reality TV show, whatever, right? Um, it's about, uh, these guys, uh, their, their job is a, it's called being a stringer, right? Um, for those of you who are, uh, superhero fans, right? Um, that's what uh, Peter Parker, right, the mild-mannered uh, guy becomes a Spider-Man, right? That's what he was in the original stories. I don't know what the hell he is today because they keep changing the damn stories, right? But he was a stringer, right? What that means is he's a photographer that goes around and catches things happening, right? Uh, robberies, bad things, whatever. And in L.A., it could be just rain, Right. Because when rain happens, it's like rain in L.A. is like snow. I can I think half of L.A. would die if there was a snowstorm. But um, rain in L.A. is like uh, snow when I was in and when I was stationed at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Right. I swear to God, a snowflake fell out of the sky. Um, there were major traffic accidents. Right. Um, it's not like where I live, where people are, you know, where snow is what everybody learns to drive in at some point, right? So, uh, but uh, what um, what I was noticing, right? Uh, again, my wife calls them cop eyes because I haven't, you know, I've been I haven't been officially in law enforcement for how long? But a lot of these things are inner city shots, right? They're in Hollywood, they're in you know, wherever they are, right? And uh, watching people walk up and down the, you know down the, uh, the down the street okay so where my mind starts to go and because i was thinking about this episode right um what constitutes a good target for a mugger okay now most people right on the obvious on the almost side most people would say somebody that looks like they've got something worth stealing right they've got money whatever okay um, and it'd be good if they looked like they were lost. Okay. They look like they're heading for somebody. They look like they're being met by somebody or whatever. Maybe not. Okay. Um, but what about somebody who looks like they might have drugs on? Maybe worth attacking. Right. So where's the line where somebody looks like a junkie and they're wasted and somebody who looks like they're feeling good? but might have something that I could take from them, right? Money, drugs, whatever. Who looks like they make a good target because they're probably an independent? Who would be a bad target because they're probably connected and I don't need their mafia, mob, gang, whatever, coming after me and my family, okay? So when we're exploring this idea 
of invisibility, it's it's not just, you know, again, poof and a puff of smoke, or it's not what we say it is, right? What what attracts attention, okay? And that's really, right, stealth is about, first and foremost, understanding what makes noise, what stands out, what gets attention. And then you approach how to neutralize those things, how to minimize or neutralize sound, how to not stand out. You get the idea, okay? So, James, am I, is this clear? I mean, am I, am I making sense? Do you get this? Yeah. Anybody, any comments or questions so far? <clears throat> Other than the usual good evenings, highs. When we come back to things, who's saying hi? Who's on? Hmm. hmm. <laughs> Things that make you Jeffrey's on. What's that? Jeffrey's on. Jeffrey Fletcher. Jeffrey Fletcher. Indeed. Wow. Uh, Tori, Brian, and Mandy were on. Cristiano Suzuki says good topics. Well, thanks. In lieu of other people requesting topics, I have to dig into my ninja bag of tricks and come up with things that I hope are interesting to people, which reminds me, how about it? The, uh, the, uh, views, the view count on, uh, like Kuden and, uh, whiteboard Wednesday and stuff like that have been climbing here recently. Uh, and that's just on the video side. Um, I haven't even taken a look at the, at the stuff on the, uh, on the podcast, um, things, but I just started, uh, also uh, clipping little highlight videos out of uh, different um, different full things because I know you know uh, you, you guys um, uh, cutting cutting out an hour and a half or two hours sometimes of your life to be on for these things right I know that can be a lot so um, I don't know I don't know where people have the time like all, all of our all of our best students probably over the last. Not not best, but I mean the ones that are like uber committed, kind of thing. Um, how about it, James? What nine out of ten of everybody that comes to us that way um, says they binged watched Kuden or uh, Whiteboard Wednesday or whatever for like right. all the episodes or almost all the episodes. And I'm like, man, holy crap, they're gonna make a great student. Look at all the time they have. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Um, Okay, cool. Uh, so anyway, so let's, let's, let's keep moving with this, right? So, uh, when it comes to invisibility, right? Um, a personal character trait that may or may not, again, just like we have to understand what creates attention, what makes noise, right? Um, you know, if, if we're, if we're studying stealth and perspective of noise, then the first thing well, the first thing I got introduced to and the first thing that my students get introduced to is the idea, not the idea, right? The physics concept of friction, right? Because that's what makes noise, okay? Two surfaces rubbing across each other, okay? Um, 
and being that that uh, that sound, those waves, right, being detected by the human ear, or vibrations, right, being picked up tactily. Um, same thing with what gets attention, what causes, you know, how do things get affected by the eyes? How do human beings uh, subconsciously, before it becomes conscious, right? How do we recognize not a person, not our friend, family member, whatever, right? But how do we recognize a human being from a distance that's outside of being able to see the detail of hair color, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, how, how does the brain recognize that kind of stuff, right? So, uh, and then you go ahead and work with it, right? But what about personal character traits? Okay. Um, you know, in certain circumstances, and again, we have to understand the attacker. When I say becoming invisible to the attacker or to an attacker, right? We have to understand the attacker that we're dealing with. Okay. So, uh, I could also end up creating an attacker, right? But typically, somebody who's humble, right? Humility, right? Um, people often see them as soft-spoken. They see them as, you know, nice guy, nice girl, uh, wouldn't hurt a fly, whatever, right? They don't stand out as being a threat. They don't stand out, um, you know, to anybody that's worried about, uh, you know, or that's uber defensive or that has a chip on their shoulder. As a matter of fact, they might see the person is not worth the time, okay? But, and again, my, my wife watches a lot of reality, reality TV. She's watching another one that is actually an undercover operation where they get these civilians to go to jail for 60 days. I think it's called 60 Days In or something like that, right? Um, at Fulton, is it Fulton? Yeah, Fulton Prison. It's a county prison in Atlanta, just outside of Atlanta, right? Really bad place. Um, but one of the guys who, who volunteered to do it is, is an ex-cop. And, um, you know, he pointed out one of the one of the hard things is, you know, if you go in guns blazing, you're going to get attention. OK, and probably the wrong kind of attention. Right. Because somebody's going to knock you down a couple of pegs or you're going to run head on into the guys who are who have already assumed the dominant leadership position on that block. Right. But if you go in to meek, they'll pick you apart like vultures. So you have to there's there's a there's a middle ground that you have to find, right? Um, so that you can navigate, right? So that you're not a threat, but you're not an easy target, right? So, right? How do you, how do you become what one of my teachers used to call the little gray people, right? They're all around us all the time, right? We don't even pay, atten pay attention to them. We know they're there, but if we had to, we couldn't give a description of them. Even somebody that we interacted with for five seconds. Okay? We looked right at him, said, hi, how are you? Whatever. Within seconds, we couldn't tell you what they looked like. Okay? Well, we could try, right? But 90% of it would be wrong okay? because focus region filtered most of that out because we say hi to strangers all the time. And that person was not that person. That person was a stranger. Right. Just like every other one. OK, so. Again, what kind of personality traits make us stand out as a target because we're too strong, 
which ones make us stand out because we're too weak? Well, again, who's the attacker? Okay. So again, we're getting a little hazy now when it talk, when it comes to physical appearance and disappearing and whatever, right? When does disappearing make you stand out? When does physically not being present make you stand out? Okay. If you, if you work on the job, right? And there you got, you're on a team and everybody's doing their thing, right? Ask James. I'm sure he's got some, uh, employees that he shares on a regular basis, right? That, uh, are really good at invisibility, but they stand out when they don't show up because they're supposed to be a part of the landscape, right? They're supposed to be a part of the, the team, okay? And so when does invisibility stand out? When is actually physically being present in front of everybody else, right? They can see you. When is that the invisible part? Okay. Uh, we used to say, um, you know, you could have a hundred days where you, everything you do is right, right? One day you make a mistake and people never forget. Okay. So there's conditions where when you're present doing your job, you don't stand out. I mean, they know you're there, but right. So there's times when that's the invisibility part. Not that you're translucent, not that you've escaped from sight, but you've escaped from attention. Okay? You've escaped from attention. Right? So this starts to lead into other realms. But before we move into, let's say, uh, the mind, the realm of the mind, okay, um, James, questions, comments, anything come in? Do you have anything that you want to throw on top of that? Anything I've covered in class or um, you think I might have left out that's important? Uh, the only thing that's come in is I'm not sure exactly uh, what topic was exactly. Tori said provide some video and a few PowerPoints. Provide some video and a few PowerPoints. Tori, if you could clarify on that, that would be awesome. Because then, your intent at the moment is invisible to me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And Dave Fletch says howdy. Hmm. And Tori just put talking about the training that companies offer. Just to oh say they yeah 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 right yeah it's just right it's uh some powerpoints and absolutely you're absolutely right okay so um I can't help those companies as a matter of fact I helped one company um, I built their security department um, all the training for them created a um, uh, an emerge, a separate emergency response team that was mostly made up of management. And then there were a couple of other people in that were in key positions like IT and stuff like that. Um, 
uh, yeah, it was this full on thing. I mean, they, they were serious, right? Um, two years into it, I was wrapping that up. They were bought out. They sold to another company who came in and just undid everything that I did and replaced all of that with that six minute video. Because they were only concerned about money. Right? The company that uh, that had originally hired me, right? They knew that they would be successful if they were taking care of their people. And um, I mean, when when they brought me in, we started doing things and and putting things in place. Like the morale shot through the roof because uh, th- there were several people. One specifically used these words, but there were several people that said things that were almost identical, right? Um, it's not that I didn't believe you when you said you cared about us before, but now I know you do. It's just very different, right? As opposed to let's throw something in there so we can check off a box, right? Um, anyway, so, okay, so let's, let's, let's jump into the realm of the mind, okay? Um, A lot of the things that I covered, a lot of folks might put into, well, you know, it's psychological warfare. It's, um, you know, you're you're using deception. You're using, okay, I get it, right? But if I'm trying to conceal my body or keeping them from paying attention to me physically, my presence, my activities, what I'm doing, am I present, am I not present, those kind of things, right? Your body's the center, right? You're the target. Your physical presence or being or whatever is that's that's the point, right? So masking that is the objective. The kokoro, right? The mind, okay, has to do with how much do you let people know how much you know how much you know about them, how much you know about things in general, whatever, okay? Now, it's not it's not a bad thing to let people know that you have, you know, skills in a certain area or, you know, whatever, okay? But, and, and again, this isn't just knowledge. This is also beliefs, what you believe about somebody, right? Okay, and, and, and this goes to, right, if, if the first part was about body, Right. Okay. Think about the sun. Me too. Body. How do people know what you know? Yes, they can see you performing skills and things like that. Right. But generally speaking, when it comes to just knowledge itself, how do they know? It's what comes out of your mouth. Okay. So how much do you say? Okay. How how clear are people about not just what you know, but what you believe about yourself, other people, whatever's going on. Okay. Um, one of the lessons I learned a long time ago was, uh, and this comes out of Sun Tzu's Art of War, you keep everyone okay, ever so slightly off balance. That's not just enemies. It's everyone. Okay. And part of that invisibility or part of that masking, right, 
is being unpredictable. Okay. Now, I promise you, once you start seeing things differently and having a whole storehouse full of options and you're not just a one trick pony or a two trick pony for everything that you do, right? You develop assessment skills and you, you, you take it more into account than just surface value things. You don't just make snap judgments. Um, you, you take a lot of the, the spiritual stuff in, into consideration too. Like, uh, one of those lessons is you make every difficult decision, right? You make that decision as though it were really easy, as though it were really simple, right? And you make every simple decision as though it would be life changing. Okay. So, you know, what do you want for lunch? Right. If you're taking into account what your diet's like and what you just had over the last day or two, how that's going to affect your digestion, um, what your ultimate goals are um, moving forward, right? It's not just always the same thing the same way. You're trying to keep your system in balance, all those kind of things, right? Um, okay, let's see. That's It's going to take a little bit, right? Um, but, you know, you're going to go buy a car. Okay, yeah, I'll take that one. Do you have it in red? Fantastic. I'll take that. Dude, that was a major – yeah, but my decision – was not about how much. Of course, it's going to be in the realm of can I afford that, whatever, okay? Because I already know what my I know what my finances are. I know what my my budget is. I know what my monthly payment. It can't exceed this. How much I'm willing to pay for a given car. Mine is on transportation. My focus is on why I'm going to get the car. Okay. Now, if my if I were a different person and it was on ego stroking, right? And you know. I want one that's going to freaking turn heads so quickly that they risk whiplashing themselves. Well, then uh, the one on the lot that does that the most, I'll take that one. Okay. Because the transportation thing isn't life altering. The diet's life altering. And I know I look like I don't have a good diet. Until people walk in my shoes or visit me or go along with me to my doctor and whatnot, then, you know, we can have a different conversation. I get it. I carry extra weight. I got it. Okay. And we'll stop right there. Anyway, you get the idea, right? So the, the, with, when it comes to the, the, the mind part, right? Um, how much do you let out? How much can someone second guess you? How much do they know how much you know? How much do they know how much you pay attention or what you're paying attention to? How do they know what to guard about themselves? How do they know which part of the facade or the, um, the, the picture they're trying to paint about themselves, right? How much of that do they know that you believe? And how much of that they do they know or suspect that you see right through? Okay, so this is different, right? When, when we start to look at this realm, then the physical stealth invisibility techniques 
seem pretty simple, okay? Because this, it's not necessarily psychological warfare. Sometimes it's just protecting, right? Guarding things. Um, James, how many times have we put out something? Uh, I've done, who knows, a whiteboard Wednesday. I've published an article. I've put out a program, right? Either online or locally in our area that people aren't copying within a couple of days to a couple of weeks. Well, not it's more often that it doesn't happen than what it does. It's more so it doesn't it happen. Ha- it does happen a lot. I'm sorry. I'm yes, it does. It does happen a lot. But are they actually duplicating the program? Or are they duplicating no. what they think the program is about? Right. It's just usually a general idea of what they think that they saw that you're doing. Yeah. yeah it, Definitely not just an idea. Right. But, I mean, somebody's, um, uh, you know, the, <laughs> not the first time it happened, but um, we had a, we had a uh, uh, martial arts school locally a bunch of years ago, right? I started a program for four to six year olds and i know most instructors don't want to teach kids that that age or whatever um why would you do that right you just is for adults really again people not reading their history right? so when did ninja family start teaching kids when they were old enough to run around and play games okay and that's the format of the games Right. Our kid, our little kids do very little in the way of self-defense, as most people would define it. Right. They're certainly not doing fighting and they're not doing it against each other. Right. They're working their skills against um, adult uh, coaches and, and helpers. Right. Evasion, tricky little maneuvers using body weight, uh, leverage against like knees, uh, defenses against pickups. Right. And I mean like clawing eyes and kicking guts and stuff like that, right? And just screaming, right? Teach them a danger yell, help, help, this isn't my mom, help, help, this isn't my dad. Why that? Well, because that gets attention, okay? What does, what, what's invisible, well, it's slightly annoying, but then you forget about it within five minutes, right? Is kids screaming in a store. No, put me down. I don't want to, I don't want to go, whatever, right? Um, what, what do you think? Man, slap the kid or slap the parent, but either way, stop that noise. Nobody comes running, right? There's a kid screaming, "Help! Put me down!" Nobody comes. Nobody comes running. Okay. How many people would come running if that kid was screaming, "This is not my mom. This is not my dad." Right. That person would have a hell of a time going anywhere, right? Which is also why we teach the children. Don't use this against mom and dad or grandma and grandpa or uncle or, or whatever, right? Because, especially if it's your parents, right, you are not going to want to go home with that person who just had to spend a half an hour or an hour explaining to the police or proving to the police that you really were their child, okay? So I make them make promises, right? You're not going to use this, you know, against mom and dad or whatever, right? So, um, and I know there's a rare chance that it might be mom or dad, or what, but that's... It's the risk we take, right? 
So um, what we're teaching the kids is like, you know, balance beam and, and scrambling, doing low crawls under really tight spaces and stuff, right? Like under a parked car or under a bench or a dumpster or whatever. Things that, you know, adults have a hell of a time getting to, right? Um, and, and learning how to do little tricky maneuvers and how to fall down without getting hurt and all that kind of stuff, right? Same kind of ninja games, right? How to jump over things, both feet, um, you know, how to jump for height and all that kind of stuff, right? So anyway, that's not the point. The point is that uh, a bunch of years ago when I started this thing, um, week one, local Taekwondo school instructor, it gets back to me. He says, well, there's no way in hell you can teach martial arts to little kids like that. And if he can teach martial arts to a four-year-old, more power to him. Month two, not only did he have another, not only did he have a program in place for the same age group, he was calling it the same thing we were, right? They've always been our little dragons, okay? Our older kids are mighty tigers, and then we have our teen and adult group, right? Budo Taijutsu, Nimpo Taijutsu, right? Here's the thing, right? <laughs> he called his little dragons because we called ours little dragons. Why did I name our group little dragons? They, mean, they were named after Hatsumi Sensei's one martial name, White Dragon. Mighty Tigers. Okay? Why did I name our older kids Mighty Tigers? Moko, Mongolian tiger, Takamasensei's martial name. Well, at least one of them, right? So, again, they can copy names, they can copy concepts, right? Um, But I ended up having, like, parents call me because they wanted to get their kids into this program, right? And... Uh, I said, well, you know, our, our four to six year olds are, are, you know, we call them little dragons. Oh, we were in a little dragon program and uh, it just didn't work out. That's why we're looking for something else. Wait, where were you in a little dragon program? Were you here? No, no, no. We were in the, no, the same name. They actually copied the name, our program. Look, I'll give you a free class. Come in, take a look at it. If it looks the same, then, and every parent's like, not even close. Well, because you can copy name, you can copy what you think the concept is, but you can't copy the program. Okay. So, um, again, anyway. All right. So knowledge, right? Um, how far, right? How much? Okay. Never, ever, ever let people know everything you know. Don't let them know what you believe to the fullest extent about them, others, whatever. Why are we doing that? Well, Abraham Lincoln, our 16th president, if you're not from the States, right? um, Once said, uh, don't talk so much. Just smile. Let people wonder what you, what you think or what you're thinking or what you believe. Okay. It keeps people off guard, right? But you're keeping an aspect of yourself hidden. It makes it very difficult for people to uh, mount an attack. It makes it difficult for people 
to manipulate you. It makes it difficult, right, um, for people to uh, know enough about you to manipulate or to put together an agenda. Right? They can try, and they will, right? But it puts them in a position where, again, just like Sun Tzu saying, you know, when you're weak, appear to be strong. When you're strong, appear to not have your stuff together, right? Appear to be vulnerable, right? If they don't know, it's the same reason, right? Invisibility, again, most people want it. When are we we working on stealth, Sensei? We work on stealth all the time. Every time you're doing a technique, you're working on stealth, okay? In Nijutsu, nothing is ever what it looks like. Your technique is disguised from the very beginning. Your technique, your intention, everything is invisible, Okay, if he can, if he is looking at what you're doing and it looks what you're doing, what he perceives is what you're doing, then you're not doing ninjutsu. You're doing budo, right? You're doing budo tajutsu, whatever, but you're not doing ninjutsu because what you're doing is obvious to everybody watching. Okay, so we need to be careful that, um, you know, but again, when are we doing stealth? When are we going to work on invisibility? We are working on invisibility. Okay? Your kamai, there's certain kamai, right, that hide the length of your arms. The, the, a very, very low kamai, right, bobi, shoshin, whatever. Your hand is at your hip. It's behind, right? They can't see if you have a weapon, if you're unarmed, right? Um, the, the position of our of our lead arm straight out, right? It makes it very, very difficult for them to perceive distance. Okay. Um, when I first teach my students sword, I teach it based on bujutsu, right? Normal kenjutsu. Okay. So your kamai are what your kamai are. Okay. But at a certain point, the kamai get adjusted so that he can't read the length of your blade. If he can read the length of your blade, if he knows the length of your weapon, then he can gauge range. He understands what tactics to use. Again, this is somebody who's trained, okay? Which is who we should be worried about more than anything else. Okay? Now I have different programs at my school, but my top level guys, and I don't just mean black belts. I mean the ones in my shinobi kai, regardless of what rank they are, right? Um, they're training to be able to defend themselves against the top two to five percent of attackers who will kill you because they're either not going to jail or they're just that freaking good. Okay. My standard program, you know, they're training to defend against the 95 to 98% of, of attacks that are easily handled by, by, by what we consider to be basics. This isn't about one group or another group. One group is worried about self-defense and, you know, they want to be able to handle themselves, but they don't want to get into hairy situations, right? And techniques are going to be different if we're worried about de- defending against a freaking, you know, thug who couldn't give a shit less if he dies because, you know, he doesn't think he's going to make it past 25 anyway, right? Um, that's different than somebody who's just having an anger management moment, right? It doesn't mean that guy can't kill you. It's just that intention is different, right? So, but with my top guys, 
if you're able to defend yourself against the top two to five percent, then everybody else, relatively speaking, is a freaking cakewalk. Right. So, but again, some people don't want to put in that much time, effort, thinking, whatever. And I'm not here to tell them they should. Okay. I'm here to remind them that your karma will have consequences because that's just the way it works. Right. And, you know, you can just hope that one of those bad guys don't show up. Anyway, so knowledge. Okay. Um, this this is also about not letting everybody know um, what all your plans are uh, to the fullest extent unless they're actually helping. And even if they are helping, right, why let them know everything? You can let them know the full vision, right? This is this is my vision, right? This is what I'm working on. This is what I need help with. So once they start helping with certain things, right, you can let them know how that ties in and why it's important for them to do this part this way or to get it to you by a certain date or whatever, but they, do they need to know what everybody else is doing? Not unless their piece is integrated with or affects those other parts, right? It's just like, again, let's go back to the sword analogy. In Japan, sword masters have lots of apprentices, okay, or helpers, right? Everybody helps with a certain phase of the sword manufacturer or the scabbard or whatever it is, right? Only the closest apprentice is present for all phases of the sword work. Some people only know that it needs to come out of the kiln at this color, and here's the proper technique for hammering this thing um, into one part of the shape. Other people are brought in to do other parts of it. Somebody else only does a scabbard. They have no idea how that's, I mean, they have a rough idea how the sword's made, but they're not present for it or whatever. Right. Because the sword master keeps that. It's it's always separated. OK, so it's different. Right. But this goes to plans. This goes to you know whatever. OK. And this also I think this would be a good time to talk about the attacker. Okay? Attackers are not always. People who want you to die or beat, break, beat, break or kill you, not in the conventional sense. Okay. Sometimes attackers love you and want the best for you and don't want you to hurt yourself. So they're there to shoot down your bad ideas because they don't want you to, you know, quit your job for that uh, pipe dream that you have because, you know, can't have your cake and eat it too. Okay. Sometimes they're just assholes. Right. They've already given up on their dreams or um, they don't like you or whatever it is. Right. So if they know too much about what you're doing, they'll go out of their way to sabotage it. Right. Just so they can prove to you that it was a dumb idea. That's not really going to work. Okay. Um, whatever. Right. So, um, again, this this is another aspect of invisibility. Right. You keep that part of yourself hidden. And then I'm just because of time, I'm just going to jump into the last one, which is um, your intent. Right. This kind of this leapfrogs off of the plans and things. Right. But what 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 are you all about? Right. Who are you as a person? Okay? What really does it for you? What are your likes, dislikes, those kind of things? Right. This is a knowledge. Right. This is this is me. This is my core essential nature. Right. Um, 
what's, what are my passions? What are my, um, you know, what are my, um, uh, what are my fears? Okay. Any of these things, right? Physical, mental, spiritual, for lack of a better word, right? Anybody that harbors ill will for you, depending on the attacker type, right? Um, the more they know about you, the easier it is to harm you, right? So again, fears, nobody needs to know them. Passions, I only share those with a couple of really, really close people. But I also understand that they could use those against me if they need to. But I'm not a one-trick pony. They're not my only passion. Okay? Um, some people, uh, I've had people over the years, we talk about, you know, controlling oneself and not being easily goaded and those kind of things, right? Well, that's my problem, Sensei. I just, if somebody says something, I can't, I just can't not step up. Well, then you're easily manipulated. No, I'm not. Okay. If you can't not operate out of whatever that habit pattern, that tendency, whatever that anger response, what it, all somebody has to know is what they are. And they can trigger them. The fear, the anxiety, the, the anger, whatever it is. Right. The lust. Okay? Which is why, you know, it's important to understand and, and train with the um, the five needs and the five weaknesses. Okay. On the in the from the ninja ninja no uge perspective, right? Uh, for, out of the eight gates, ninja no uge is deception and manipulation, influence, right? Control. Right. Um, we understand these things. Okay? And we we can identify them. Right? Because we know if we give someone what they need, right? If it's a need, they can't help themselves. Right? If it's a weakness and you offer to do that thing for them and relieve them of that, uh, that hardship. Okay. See, do you understand why? My teachers taught me a long, long time ago, once you understand this stuff, both from the Mikyo side and from the Nimpo side, right? Once you understand this stuff, there's nothing and no one you can't have, which is why both sides start off with a very, very deep level of moral and, or deep moral and ethical base, okay? Because otherwise, this stuff can really be abused. Good, the good part about this whole thing is that most, pe most people aren't willing to put in the time, effort, energy, and study to get really good at it. Okay. It takes too, it, it's too much work. Okay. It's too much work. Okay. Which is what keeps 95% of the art invisible in and of itself. Anyway, all right, so even with your intentions, right, because people will try to sabotage things. They will try to, you know, whatever. And this is not about being, this is not pessimistic, right? I'm talking about people, attackers, okay? But let's not forget that, you know, attackers are not always acting out of malice. 
I know the word attacker itself sounds, you know, negative, but if someone's coming at you to stop things from happening or to prevent you from doing things or whatever, it's an attack. Okay? Um, when I teach uh, anti-bullying tactics to kids, right? we have to break bullies down into three aspects. For those of you who know me, for those of you who have been following Whiteboard Wednesday, right? Um, episodes only because I'm trimming these things down for everybody, right? Episodes three and four, there are part one and part two on this, uh, Gyoko to you. Well, it's, it's not just Gyoko to you. It's, it's in all these different lineages and shows up in different ways, right? But it's this three and one, one and three, uh, concept. So, um, bullying as a thing, right? And this, this is a Miko thing as well, right? Um, bullying is a thing, right? Um, can you come up with at least three different types of bullies? Because they all operate differently. And there's a, there's a cool thing that you need to understand. I've been talking about this all along, right? What kind of attacker are we talking about, right? What does that attacker look for, right? Because if he's looking for certain things and I don't present those, then he won't target me, okay? So we're well, just talking about bullies here for a quick second, right? And bullies come in all ages, so don't think that I'm talking about a kid's thing, okay? So there are physical bullies, right? These are bullies that, you know, let's go to, let's do go to childhood, right? If you don't give me your lunch money, I'm going to beat you up, okay? If you don't do X, Y, Z, I'm going to kick your ass, okay? If you do X, Y, Z, I'm going to kick your ass, okay? Um, they know physical violence, and that's what they use as a tool, Okay, so if their target is worried about being beaten up, which is why we train in martial arts and self-defense, right? So that we're not as susceptible to those kind of people because, you know, I'm okay with mixing it up. I'm okay with, you know, dealing with things, right? You have psychological bullies, okay? These are the ones who do name-calling, um, you know, they you know, talk about how, you know, you're dumb or they go out of their way to regale you with their psychological prowess and to show you how much they know about given things and just make you feel like you're just completely like a moron um, because you can't keep up. Right. Um, and then you have the. uh I call them spiritual bullies, right? And I don't mean they're using religion or whatever, right? They attack the heart, okay? This this group, right, um, uh, often leaves you wondering, was, was was I just attacked or was that me? Right? Did I just misunderstand that whole that right? Because they're using weapons that most people would never consider to be weapons. Friendship, love, okay? Here's an attack from one of these bullies. If you really love me or if you're really my friend, you would X, Y, Z or you would not X, Y, Z. Now, not to be confused with, like, if I'm in a relationship with somebody or whatever and, you know, with my wife. Right. Um, I don't just ad hoc go around you know, telling other women, you know, wow, you're really beautiful. Right? Because that diminishes that word to my wife. If I call everybody babe. If I call everybody or if I tell everybody they're beautiful, then it doesn't mean as much 
when I tell her, right? I'll use different words. I'll use other things, right? Wow, that's really nice dress, right? But whatever. I'm not going to go, wow, you, wow, you're a knockout. I tell my wife that every time she dresses up to go out with me, okay? So why would I do that, right? It's not the same thing, okay? But these are people that when they want something, because remember, bullying is about, and it doesn't matter if it's physical, psychological, or emotional, it is the application of force to get what the attacker wants, regardless of what happens to their victim or anybody else. It's a one-way, it's a one-way thing, okay? So to be clear, if I'm on a team and one of the members is not pulling their weight and I go, look, dude, over the last several weeks, you haven't turned anything on time. The team depends on this. Get your shit together or get off the team. That's not bullying. He was mean to me. Doesn't make it bullying. Nice talk is not always nice. And mean talk is not always a bad thing. Okay? I think, at least here in the States, I can't speak for the rest of the friggin' world, but people have lost touch with that. Right? It's like, shit, if we don't, if we don't, uh, act like, or act like we're dealing with six-year-olds, then, uh, there's a problem. Well, you can't be a warrior that way. Warriors take on hardship. Warrior, warriors do hard shit. Okay? So, anyway, right? So each of these bullies have very specific tactics, right? Each of these bullies are looking for very specific traits, okay? Physical attackers, physical bullies, tend to not threaten people that are bigger than them and can, you know, knock them unconscious in a single punch. They just don't, okay? Um, psychological attackers. They keep their mouth shut and avoid people that are smarter than them in a given subject or realm, okay, because they can't operate well that way, okay? Emotional ones, right? It's very difficult to emotionally control somebody that, you know, has is, is in a dominant position or um, doesn't, you know, isn't dependent upon that person's love or friendship or whatever. It's nice to have your love and it's nice to be, you know, you know, yes, we're friends. Okay. But they don't work so well when they say, look, you know, if you love me, you would, you would do X, Y, Z. And your response is at what point did we discuss that our love was conditional upon me doing X, Y, Z. So it it falls flat. But the Uda side of this is that physical attackers, right, don't get into psychological or emotional battles with people because they tend to be weaker on the psychological or emotional thing. Bullies lean into their strengths, not their weaknesses. Psychological ones don't go calling names and or uh, insulting somebody's intelligence who either they need their uh, emotional support or love or affection or whatever, or that can punch them in the throat. 
and is willing to punch them in the throat. They don't do that. Okay. And the emotional ones, right? They don't attack people who are emotionally cold, distant, because it doesn't work. Right. Again, they lean into those kind of things. Okay. So anyway, um, so what does that have to have to do with invisibility? Well, again, invisibility is the opposite of attention. If someone's coming at you, not only have they identified or think they have identified weaknesses that they can exploit and that play into their wheelhouse, right? But that you're an easy target. They've cut you from the herd. It's the, it's the truth of self-defense, right? Nobody attacks, right? The, the, even lions and, and, uh, lions and tigers and bears, right? Um, they don't, they don't attack the fastest, the strong, the whatever, right? The, they, they cut the weak ones from the herd. It's an easy lunch. Okay. It's no different. Okay. So invisibility is the study of what gets attention. Okay. Because we're going to do the opposite. But again, what's the attacker? Who's the attacker? Anyway, all right, so I've been at this long enough. James, who's, uh, any questions or comments come up? Again, I know a lot of you, you know, you're, you're typing things into the chat things. We learned a long time ago I should not have those things up on my side because um, we've had people hijack it, and then um, I have this urge to want to reach through a screen that I can't reach through and um, have a conversation with somebody. Anyway. Questions, comments, complaints? No questions. It was a waste of time. No questions. Tori threw out two comments. Uh, first one, terrorists use distraction by causing an incident to draw responders to it, but that's when they attack again. And second one, speaking of skills, I was hired as an IT director for a school district. I voluntarily enrolled in first aid and CPR. My recruiter responded and said, let the school admin know because it is a good skill to have considering the school environments today. Yeah. <clears throat> so here's, here's the thing for warriors, right? Um, cause you know, the, the cool thing about the booting con is that we have ninja schools and we have samurai schools. Okay. Um, there's a need for both, right? There's times when I'm on security details where I'm doing security and I want people to know that I'm armed. Now, does that set me up as a target? Absolutely. Okay. Um, so I'm probably not going to be the only security during that, that time, right? Um, but there's also a time when, you know, I, I don't want anybody to know anything. Sorry, James, you were going to say something? What was it? No, I was just saying. Uh, other comments. Okay. Um, there's two other ones. Alfredo uh, said, Happy Memorial Day from the Miami Dojo. Oh, cool. Thanks, man. And Dave Fletch says, Thanks for doing these podcasts. I'm just glad I'm not talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a teacher. That's what I do, right? And as long as people are getting value out of this, then we're going to keep doing it. Right. 
So anyway, I couldn't do a lot of this stuff without James. I mean, James is doing, James does so much stuff in the background that, um, that, uh, I don't know. Oh, uh, some of you, I, I don't know if James has already handled stuff for you, but, um, I, I did see some emails come in today. I've been busy the entire weekend. Um, but, uh, if he hasn't gotten to you, I know he will. So, and, and you, you know, he will, uh, he will as well. Um, a couple of people have noticed that, uh, uh, we've had some glitches on zoom over the last couple of weeks and I have no idea why, but, uh, but, uh, it, it did seem to pick up and I hope they get their major shit together because, uh, that's how we get a lot of that stuff out there. Um, I will be following up with our cable company. We're upgrading the internet at the academy that hopefully that will handle something. Hopefully it'll handle things. Um, but for those of you who have sent in comments about, um, please use, uh, super high definition equipment, uh, because, you know, there's graininess or whatever in the videos. Um, I get it, right? When I do whiteboard Wednesday, I'm at the academy and, uh, we are upgrading that. Um, but at the same time, most people don't complain because they want the information, not a Hollywood production, but I get it, right? So, um, but we did, um, we started the process, what was it, a week and a half, two, two weeks ago, James? And, um, yes. they haven't, re- <laughs> they haven't done their part yet. So, um, I'll be contacting them tomorrow to ask them what the hell their major malfunction is. So that's, it's a problem with dealing with, um, uh, not just utilities, but what are they called? Um, well, the service industries where, you know, they've got their little territory, right? And, They've, they've convinced politicians to set up regulations and whatnot so nobody else can step in and then you're at their, at the whim. So if I could set, set up my own, uh, you know, satellite, internet, whatever, um, and I had the money to do it, <laughs> I would do that. But since I can't, then, um, we're all trying to just do the best we can with what we have. Anyway, um, any other questions or comments before we wrap up episode 160? What are we on? 162? Is that right? Yeah, we are. 162. No, that was it. That was it. All right. So, for those of you who uh, did not um, uh, get the information or did not have the time to jump on or whatever, this week we'll also be uh, releasing the recording of the Japan trip information um, uh, meeting that we had where I kind of explained, you know, how our trips are different and why and um, and uh, what's what all's involved, and regardless of whether you can, you know, do it this year or not. Um, you know, we'll be releasing that this week. Um, there's still plenty of spaces. I'm waiting for a couple of people to get back to me, um, including I did get – I did hear back from – uh, my friend who runs a guest house in, uh, Japan. He's a Japanese, uh, national who is a former principal and, uh, school teacher. And actually he owned and ran his own private school for a while. Um, they've expanded capacity there. Uh, I, I like staying where he is because it's not touristy and you're living right in a town and, uh, it just it provides other opportunities, uh, culturally as well. Uh, but anyway, I'll be releasing that. So uh, for those of you who couldn't make it, 
uh, or need a refresher or whatever before you decide or whatever. Um, at this point, I, I think we're looking at um, right now it's a maximum of 10. But if my friend who runs a guest house, if he hasn't already gotten back to me, um, I, I haven't seen the, the response yet. I'm waiting for a number and the number of the total number for the capacity at the guest house um, based on when we're going will be the limit for the trip. Okay, which means it could be less than 10. Okay, so um, that's that's what I have at the moment. Um, spring camp, you all those things are out, right? The, the recordings are out for that. Um, and that was a pre-order only kind of thing. Fall camp has been rescheduled. The Japan trip has been rescheduled, all that. So uh, if you go to online ninjaacademy.com forward slash events, I think all that stuff is updated. Is that right, James? It's all updated. Yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, so you can get all the updates for that. Um, the Daikomio side was not rescheduled. It's the, the dates are the same. So hopefully we'll see you guys at some upcoming training. Um, those of you who are in the 37 Fundamentals program, we're trucking along, right? We're coming up on week four, class four. So of a 10 week, well, it, it might go a week or two after that. So um, anyway, it's all good. All right, so let's go ahead and wrap this up, and I will talk to everybody again next week on Kuden. Get more of Kuden Radio. Subscribe through your favorite podcasting site, or join our clan of serious modern warriors at OnlineNinjaAcademy.com.